Welcome. Bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. time since we last spoke uh we botched our world series picks wow over that was uh yeah i mean we don't normally do that badly like we don't normally over things i i felt like i couldn't be rational about my thoughts on the red sox Uh, versus astros and i vacillated so much like 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 given the second given the second i had a different opinion it's like oh the red sox are going to be able to get this they're going to win world series it's going to be 2013 all over again Mm. And then the other rational piece of me is like, I've been saying that they're terrible all year, and I've watched this team, and they're terrible. Can I just confirm with you that we want the Braves to win? Yes. Yes. We, we are baseball fans, ergo cannot root for the Astros. Yeah. It, this, I mean, the MLB cannot be happy about this situation. I know. They can't be. Or, or they are, and they're just pumped to have people hate watch. Yeah. They might be, and they might be ready to have everybody rooting for the Braves. I don't I mean, it's such a MLB team, public team. It is. It really is. TBS really did, did so much for them. Just to talk through some odds here, 538 gives this a literal 50-50. You go, you check their predictions, it is 50-50. So what, what are we going to do? I mean, we want the Braves to win. I think the Braves can do it. They showed basically how they would do it by just trampling the Dodgers. Yeah, I they, I mean they have a pretty good team. I mean like they have pretty good pitching. Yep. They have pretty good hitting. I mean imagine if Acuna was here. But I know. A little. I mean it's not really uh, the Ewing theory, but there is something when everybody steps up because someone is gone. I I agree with that. I agree with that. I mean they went out and got got themselves a a reasonable team to replace him, but. Yeah, I, I don't know. I I think they can do it. I'm. I mean, I I hope I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I hope I'm not jinxing them by saying that. But I I think I think the Braves can do it. But my real question on the over under here is, will baseball be over by the time we next speak? So, which means over under five point five games in the series. Wow, could it be a gentleman's sweep? It could be. Yeah. That Astros team is now clicking, but that Astros team is... It is. They they got... I mean, that is the thing. Is I feel like they, they ran through the first two series uh, as best-case scenario for the Astros. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, they had two much easier teams to, to handle, and they got... I mean, I think they were going to lose that series, but they they punched the Red Sox in the mouth, and that team like just fell down they did not react well <laughs> i agree well we'll see so did, did you put in will it be over next time we talk what's which side are you coming down on this five games 5.5 over six under. i think, I think it'll six. Go six all right i think it's gonna be they're, over they're pretty evenly matched teams i think somebody's just gonna just gonna make it happen so i'm i'm putting in for under okay all right we saw two movies we're gonna be quick about this 
Uh, we saw, we're going to attempt to be quick about this. It will be quick in the edit, no matter what. Uh, no Time to Die, also known as Morir Pu Attente, or Dune. Uh, and I, I'm saying or here because I'm, I'm really curious. I think since we saw two together, I have some thoughts on paper here, but which one did you prefer? I was in the comfort of my own home for Dune, which, which did make the really long time of the movie like more acceptable. Because I did. I stopped oh. in the middle of the Really? Okay. And got up and took a pee. Yeah. And got a got a beer and turned off lights and did minor things. Looked at my phone and then turned the movie back on. Which about an hour and 45 minutes into Bond, I was like, just need a break. I just need a break right now. When it was when the like understanding is like wow this is gonna be an old school Bond movie and we're really gonna have all of this lead up and then there's gonna be going to the lair yep. of the of the bad guy and it will be in it's not an underground volcano but an island in the middle of the Pacific it's a, it's about <laughs> as close as you get to that I mean pretty quint- it, it, quintessential Bond it was laid out like an old school Bond movie I I agree yeah. with that uh. But you didn't answer the question. I mean, so so you you prefer the Dune watching scenario situation? Understood. I enjoyed and thought about Bond more. I have thought about Bond. It was a, bit, bit, a little bit longer, but prorated. Definitely have thought about Bond more. Good, good distinction. I I completely buy that. Part of it, I think, is our uh, a long relationship with Bond. We have more more ties to it, more to think about with it. You and I. That was, yeah, yeah, ex- we, exactly. that was our first movie together. Exactly. Well, wow, this is going to be, we've made it through an entire bond. We, an entire bond. <laughs> yeah. So I think. <sighs> I met you and Pierce Brosnan was Bond. I know. Now it's going to be into someone else. That's the reality. We'll talk about that in a second. I, I think I come, I come agree with you. Um, bond was a more, Bond was really enjoyable. Um, and I, I really related, you know, enjoyed it on many different levels. I think Dune, yeah. I really enjoyed on some levels. I thought the thought it was a totally cinematic experience. Yeah. Um, I, I'm sure I, I missed out on that piece. I loved the, I loved the soundtrack to Dune. Okay. Well, we're, this is going to have to be a pod special eventually because I sort of liked it. And then halfway through the movie, I was like, can we like stop with the woman saying, what is it she's saying? How do you something or other? Well, I don't know. Just, you know what she's saying? Like in the do, 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 do. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I just like, I, I really was like, you know, we could, we could get some ramen in here to little variation. Specific questions about Bond. When is the appropriate time to release a movie about a global contagion during a pandemic? Apparently they determined that it's now. Apparently they determined it's now is right. I think whenever whenever the money runs out at the uh, at the <laughs> at the old studio, it makes so much more sense though. I definitely got like a quarter of the way into the movie. I was like, oh, this is why they were so concerned about the release date. Yeah, it wasn't about the money. It was well, it was about the money, but I think it was more about the bad press of them being like, how could you re- release a movie with nanobots? whatever <laughs> like, like uh eugenic pandemic. eugenic nanobots <laughs> i mean yeah. it's like yeah I, uh it was yeah interesting interesting it's weird that that i feel like is completely undiscussed i mean it's it's kind of like it's also an old school bond in the sense that the plot was completely secondary 
like the plot. Yeah. The plot meant nothing in this movie. It was just supposed to enjoy. By the way, lots of spoilers. We'll tag it somehow. My final question on this is over under, and I'm going to set it at two years rebooting the franchise. And I'm going to qualify this as there is an official new Bond cast. Who is a new Bond cast? No, no, no. When the, no, I'm saying in two years, will there be a new Bond actually cast? Oh, oh, okay. Like, will, right. will there be this is the Bond in two years from, let's say, today? So you're not talking about the release date of the movie? No, 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 no. I don't think, I think the release date of the movie timeline is probably four years. 2025 does seem like about right. I would say 2025 for the movie. So my question is, October... It was 01? No, it was 02 that Die Another Day came out, right? Uh, It was 02, yeah. So then it was four years. Yeah. That felt like forever. I think this fits the timeline pretty well. And I think it'll take them a while to figure out, you know, what they want the new Bond to be like. Um, I, I think this could easily be a big transition period. The producers are like getting up there in age maybe they need to hand it off i think they've already started this process though i don't know i i don't know because you you have to know what the reception to this movie and what the appetite for bond for like the bond ip looks like before you get people on board yeah but i think that they're more ready for this because i think they tried to replace craig before this movie and so i think they have a list of no's okay they're probably not going to revisit all right so I'm still gonna set it. I still think I still think two years is well. I think two years is good over under. It sounds like you're gonna take the That's under. Really, yeah. In it, I'll take the under. Why not? Okay. Sounds fun. All right, I'm taking taking the over on that. Let's uh let's briefly chat EPL here. We had a fine weekend. Fine weekend. Chelsea over Norwich, shooting fish in a barrel. Uh, <laughs> West Ham over Tottenham. And generously give that one to us. We we went back and forth, but we called it. Everton did Everton things, wow. as you texted they me. They did an Everton thing. This is why <laughs> this is why it's so tough. Everton did an Everton thing. So I you know, it's interesting. Table table feels like it's solidifying a little bit more. Um I feel like Man U has cemented themselves as a stay away team for me. Yep. Uh I'm looking ahead to this weekend. I got a few options for you. Um, Battle of the bees. Battle of the bees. Not sure what you. Not sure what you like here. A few that I'm pretty nervous about. Um, yeah, so I, I'm going thinking Brentford over Burnley, Chelsea over Newcastle. Yes. Um, yes. If you wanted to do, and then Liverpool over Brighton would be my next win. But I think there's a whole rash of draws that are in this in this upcoming week, and I don't know what you. I don't know what you like. I mean, I'm looking at a bunch of evenly matched teams. Just thinking Watford, Southampton, that's got draw written all over it. Norwich, Leeds, it's got draw written all over it. I think that if we bet against Norwich every week... It's going to pay off eventually. If we, if, Yeah, if we pick against Norwich every week and if we pick Chelsea every week, I think we're going to... You know, we will not get every single one. Well, Nor- Norwich cannot score, right? So so I there's no chance that they're going to win this, but... They have an American striker. Why would they be able to score? But, but can Leeds score? I mean, Leeds has to score. <laughs> like, Who's the guy who's down for them? Leeds? I don't remember. There's one player that's down for them, and that's like ground. What was last year a really fun offense? Ah. Uh, and they lost uh, the other. Yeah. Well, I think, okay, we got some good stuff. I'm feeling all right about this. 
All right, well, for a main topic today, uh, we're going to talk about some validation. Season is all but over, as discussed, World Series right now. We're going to look at how our full season predictions did in a couple different ways. And I'm also going to present our way too early hitting rankings for next year. So top line result, how did our predictions do? The answer is uh, not bad. Not bad. In line with what we did last year. Uh Different, slightly different, actually. Um, I was gonna say better, but I don't. I don't think it's quite better. So, there's a couple things. I what I did was I did everything rate based. So I removed our our mess ups on um, on plate appearances, which is not our fault currently. Right. We can maybe take up maybe take up that blame some other time. I did everything based on rates, and then I computed the rate that the player had minus our rate divided by the uncertainty that we put in. So basically, how many sigma off were we for each player on their rate on each category? I'm just going to talk about hitting today, and we can do um, pitching another day. Bottom line is, these look, for the most part, like normal distributions. Close. It's very interesting that we have this second tier. Wait, so this is the comparison number, the delta. This is the delta. So okay. a couple things. First of all, we overestimated errors. We should have trusted our predictions more. All of our errors on every category are about 50% too large. So if you if you ask globally, globally, individually, right. But this is but this is all globally. So you take you take the whole distribution of players and you ask what does the distribution of sigmas look like? It should look like a normal curve in the sense that we should get 66% of the, of the guys should be between minus one sigma and plus one sigma. And we have not quite that. We have 66% of the guys between minus 0.66 sigma and 66 sigma. So we okay. so we overestimate those errors. So I think so I think there is a prefactor to tune in our model that just says like how big should the errors be? And I had fit it in previous years. Um, I think this is just going to go in another meta data point for uh, what size the errors should be. And the answer is decreased. But you pointed out something else that's very interesting when you look at these curves. Yeah, so there's, I'll try to describe yeah. it. So Mike has these, these displayed out, um, and you can see a secondary distribution around, well, I don't know what sigma that is, but you can, and it's pretty distinct in hits, runs, RBIs, and there's just the hint of it in home runs, and there's not really one in stolen bases. Now, that means that the there's, what, so let me go back in my head. There's a group of players that are overproducing that we are not capturing, which unfortunately means those are the guys that we're supposed to predict for fantasy. Bingo. Bingo. And therein lies the why we didn't do too bad, but this is falling short of what we want. We, Kyle Tucker is in that for all three of those 100 percent. yep he is i can i i have the i have the, the guys here i can tell you who we who we did Ooh, not give me that list who we did not predict well all right let me give you so this is uh just a selection of the guys um so yeah you can see you can see your boy kyle tucker on there big time on the hits oh you're saying on the hits so ben Inten- so cj cron on runs ben intendi on rbis too Benintendi on RBIs too. Yeah, some. I mean, some interesting guys. I mean, Jed Lowry is is on this, um, which is not surprising in any way. 
Yeah. I think, I mean, yeah. uh, we were really cold on Giancarlo Stanton. We were really cold on Mitch Hanniger. I mean, it's all the guys that were, you know, weird storylines this year. <laughs> Josh Rojas, I see a couple different yep. times listed. Yep. But the problem is... So these are the ones, and essentially, when we run through these, these are the guys that we cannot blame on playing time, that we yes. fundamentally did not get who the player was and the either the leap that they're going to make this year or the holding on to historical stats, the bounce-back ability. Because that's what Benintendi is bounce-back. Juan Carlos Stanton's bounce-back. Jed Lowry, I guess, is sort of bounce back in a way josh harrison so he so is he hmm. yeah it's it's not a lot of guys that appeared out of nowhere in the sense that it's not like these are all young guys that we missed that we messed up so this is by the way no, this is this no, is everybody yeah, like, this is everybody that we were more than three sigma off on these are guys that had a track record and they played outside of what their track record would suggest yeah it's interesting yeah so i think i mean the track record adds to the confidence right so the the yeah. The longer their track record is, the more confident our predictions are in what they're going to what they're going to produce. And this is fundamentally saying not only did we miss the mean, but we also we also were confident in what we were going to in their we're prediction. Confident that they were going to be fine. Yeah. So I mean, some interesting stuff here. I'm I, I'm I'm turning over what we should what to do with this. Like, how do you how do you feed this information back into the model? Yeah. I don't know. How do you, pre- but how do you randomly select a player? Because that's what we have to do. We have to kind of, based on the statistics, we have to randomly select a guy where they have a track record and it's not going to match. I don't know. Because I- it's not, it's not, this is the whole problem of modeling, Michael, is that it's not the rule. The people that follow the rules are the easy ones. That's what we're saying. This distribution, let's remove these outliers and then we're doing even better yeah you could cut down the errors even better our fit on the distribution is like it's pretty tight it's pretty good kind of like expected variance and then it's these guys but they're the exceptions and then we have to understand why are they exceptions bingo i mean i think i think you you hit some i mean you laid out a pretty good structure which was these are guys that we really thought we had a good track record for them and we and we don't but i don't i don't look at this list and think oh here's what all of these guys have in common they're all on a new team or they're all in a new spot in the batting order or something i mean i don't think there's anything that's no there's nothing that's super obvious about it yeah some of these guys bounced around in the batting order pretty huh well the hits one i think is really unrelated uh what, what do you mean why do you think that Looking at the top five names, Jared Walsh, Juan Carlos Stanton, Dylan Carlson, CJ Cron, and Ben Intendi. I mean, I guess CJ Cron, Dylan Carlson, and Juan Carlos Stanton appear on all of these. It's just sort of the out, outliers. Yeah, and RBIs, Austin Hayes, is just we didn't realize that he was going to come up, stay up, and weren't coming up and staying yeah. up. Yeah, I mean, you can see we had we had a really low rate for some of these guys. I mean, like Austin Hayes, we thought he was going to get three point four RBIs per per hundred plate appearances, and he got thirteen point four. <laughs> like, yeah, like we we missed we missed big time on on some of these. Well, I think that what we have to do next then is we have to sort of not cluster, but we do have to do sort of like a 
like what are the different types of players that are in here okay statistically what is there if we can put out historical plate appearances like i guess the last three i don't know so like plate appearances track like career length um I guess it's sort of a delta with their best season. Like, does this fall out of the distribution Ooh. of their best season? I think which we uh, know that's a really good that idea. It's going to be Kyle Tucker. It is. When Carlos Stanton, it won't be. Right. When Carlos Stanton, I mean, he's just had so many injury years that recently that our model for him just is not going to be ever be confident that this is what no. he's going to do. It assumes that he's going to enter every single game hurt. I mean, this this is what yeah exactly. I mean, this is what we talked about. We've been talking about for the past couple of weeks is that our predictions are supposed to be the middle of the road, but we don't know what we don't know how to robustly predict outliers, uh, or even I mean, really, what I want is a flag that says this guy could do this because we we worked on this before a little bit because it's not exactly. It's not, I totally yeah. agree because it's not only the the simple distribution that we have, we also try to do this product where we ask how skewed the distribution is. And that product should capture these tail outcomes. So it should say, it's not, hey, look, it's not likely, but Benintendi could have, let's see, what what are one of his numbers? I mean, Benintendi could have 13.6 RBIs per 100 plate appearances, which is what he had this year when we only predicted him for six. <laughs> Yeah, so then the, the point is is that maybe our error bars, the error bars aren't quite the right measure because we want to have the chance. We hope that the error bars would say, here's a chance that they could be up here versus down here. Bingo. Whereas what we really want to be able to say is, here's the chance that they could be in this second distribution up here. Yeah, because it, it's really interesting to me that we didn't, we basically did not miss too low on anyone. So we, we really didn't strongly over predict anyone and i'm not sure yet what to make of i'm not sure yet what to make of that i mean i think it's interesting the, the center of the distribution is a little bit low yeah i, I think that's right slightly under zero no, I, 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 that is right i mean it's been interesting so to some extent the center of the distribution you always want the center of the distribution to be on zero we knew a little bit when you average a whole bunch of seasons that I mean, this happens in all rankings, right? Whenever you average a bunch of rankings, they tend to be a little under where they're going to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, we ran into this hugely with plate appearances, right? Like yeah. by the time we predicted and, plate appearances and innings pitched, nobody was at the high end where you know there are going to be some guys. So stuff to mull over. Let me briefly also point out that we I made some way too early hitting rankings uh, just to just to see, hey, who would be at the top if we if we ran this this year? What I did though, let me big caveat is that the number of plate appearances that I report in here is how many plate appearances they had this year. Um, so the idea is like, okay, if they reach their same number of plate appearances next year as they did this year, what what would we expect them to get in terms of stats? Yeah, if he. I mean, it, so let me just say the first five, I think, make great sense. Jose Ramirez, Ozzy Albies, Juan Soto, Bo Bichette, Trey Turner. That's a perfectly defensible top five for way too early predictions. <laughs> Using the plate appearances from 2020, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 2021. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
Marcus Simeon, I mean, that's going to come down whenever we figure out what his plate appearances should be. 724 seven is not going to happen. 724 plate appearances. Quick, over, under. 724. Obviously under. You know, it's really funny, actually, because if you sort on plate appearances, remember this is clickable, so you can sort. Uh, Whit Merrifield, 720. That number also blew me away. He's doing it. He's playing every single day, and he's leading off. I mean, that's going to happen. But, I mean, we actually, I will say that we predict a pretty good set for Whit Merrifield. I, I mean, I, I feel pretty good about these for the most part. If you feel like the number of plate appearances a guy had this year is what he's going to do next year, these rankings work. <laughs> yeah, I mean, these are some of the players that I would expect to be up here. Is there anyone that's surprising compared to what their end-of-season ranks was? Well, we really cranked Brandon Lowe up here. <laughs> I mean, we he was, he was a guy that we missed. Yeah, I guess so. A guy that we missed in the predictions last year, so the predictions are really overcorrecting on him this year. Wow, Trevor's story didn't fall off that much. No, no. I mean, he's, he he got to almost 600 plate appearances this year. Well, I, okay, so we were talking about the multiplier isn't that bad. Mookie Betts is falling below Trevor Story, though. That's that's going to be one that we're. I, I don't think that we're going to be able to predict it right. Last two years have been, last two years have been behind, and this next year might be the year for him. The last good Dodger year. <laughs> I I do generally agree with that. I think I mean it's nice because a lot of this these rankings are not getting necessarily caught up in the hype on some guys. Um, I mean I'm looking at Sal Perez who I think is is ranking number thirty in our rankings. There's no way. I mean I six hundred sixty five plate appearances for a catcher is is hard to do two years in a row. That's always the problem is you have this catcher who does really really well. They figured out they. Got him at DH, at first base, whatever. They got him in the lineup, pinch hitting, et cetera. But I don't know that you can do that two years in a row to a guy. No, I, I don't think so. Well, anyway, some good stuff to look at here. We will we'll see. We'll come, we'll come back to this more um, as, we, as we revise our rankings. Obviously, the error bars need to come down on these because this is, this is just brain-dead last year's model, but there's some tuning to be done. All right. We, we're a little heavy on the movie reviews, so we will – Get back to reviewing baseball players next week, at which time we'll review. Maybe we'll double up. We'll do Willie Castro and potentially Chris Taylor. Sounds good. Time for a little housekeeping. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter, Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z. Thank you, Mild Manor, for letting us use your tunes. Be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook. Feel free to email us with questions or comments. Send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com. Again, Mind the Z. All I've got left is... Worst of luck to you, buddy. Worst of luck to you, too. Yeah!